should do a fucking stream though. I'd love to do a stream. Get Twitch I, going. We should do. We should actually try and do one just for fun, like a live episode. That would um, be that would be decent. I actually like uh, so your mom's house, like Tom Segura's. Yeah. Um, Podcast mm-hmm. have started doing them, and they did one for Two Bears One Cave. Yep, I'm still listening to you, and it was actually quite good. But can you tighten the like holder, or are you just moving it? Uh, you can tighten it. Just one turn. That's all I need. Oh, okay, okay we good. Um, no, but like make it like clamp more. No. Oh, okay. No. I no. thought that's that's like you can't stick your dick in it and make you and clap it. <laughs> Sorry, bro. As I said, as I did this gesture, that's where my mind <laughs> immediately went as well. <laughs> Can you cinch it? Um, yeah, they started doing live ones, like, and they did a live Two Bears, One Cave. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty funny, but it was also like, they were like, oh, we're going to drink and stuff during it. And it went it went on too long. Like, I think it was like... How long is too long? Well, they probably ended up going for like two and a half-ish hours. Okay. Excuse me. I got to like an hour 45 because they were showing these clips that I like wanted to see. Yeah. And then by that flirting with hour two i was like cam okay, over this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um unless the podcast is really really good r- like riveting oh, yeah. what they did was they like had some pre-recorded stuff mm-hmm. so they did um they played a tennis match against each other and played the highlights from that and then they went to a dominatrix <laughs> and played the highlights from that it was pretty funny but they were also like a little too drunk and stuff because they came at it with like super high energy then by the end you could tell they were just like tired <laughs> and you're like, this needs to end. So. That's like a no- night at fucking Oil City. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. You hit it hard. Seriously, alcohol is like that fucking, it's the whatever it is. Peak and, and then, valley kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then just that depressed right after. So, Yeah. You got to be right in the zone. Oh, the and then the problem going. is like trying to like, becomes a chasing the dragon sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, That actually, I've actually kind of tried to articulate this to people before. Like, sometimes I honestly think some of the, arguably the best part of a night out is if, is if you're, like, doing a big pregame with the boys or mm. girls, whatever, with your group of friends. Yeah. Sometimes that's the most fun part of the evening, right? Oh, yeah. Because once you actually, this is obviously in a world where bars are open. Once you get to the bar, you know, you're kind of like, Sally's crying in the bathroom, so-and-so yeah. Yeah. took off, yeah. where the hell is Josh, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. right? So you're kind of just chasing each other, trying to find each other. And I like, I actually can remember one specific night where there were like nine or 10 of us and we all went to the ranch and like the pregame was so much fun. <laughs> then when we got there, it just felt like we were trying to figure out where each other were the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, do we like the bar or do we like the idea of the bar? Like when, when wow. you're, when you're pregaming, there's so much potential. Like the night oh, has so much you're building potential. It up in your mind. You're building it up in your mind. There's, yeah. There's infinite possibilities of mm-hmm. what your evening could be. But then once you actually get there, sometimes sometimes it's great or sometimes the wheels fall off the bus. So it's almost existing in that moment of how great is this going to be is actually the part you enjoy most about going out and, and being with people versus often, the actual thing. Yeah, more often than not, I think the wheels fall off. <laughs> it all depends on how much Red Bull you drink with the vodka. Because that's the differentiator in how successful you're going to be at staving off that depressant state. Yeah. You know? I guess the caffeine in theory would be. And how long the car ride is. 
Mm-hmm. That's, oh, you know, that's what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, God, it sucks sitting in a car and your buzz wearing. Like, especially, you know, like many of us, we, you know, Edmonton's a pretty sprawled out city. So your pregame is in the suburbs. Yep. 25 minute cab ride mm-hmm. like you're you're getting super bombed so it hopefully carries you there but it's like just long enough that it kind of like it just kills the vibe a little bit you know almost so, definitely yeah but i mean you're I in edmonton know. so you're doing cocaine in the car too <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's probably kid. why that's supposedly why people do it right so also also the very first time i puked in a car was your car oh yeah it was yeah god damn it Dude, I was so pissed. Have we told that? I don't think we've told that story. No, I don't think no. we have. Maybe with the girls. But um, anyways, um, <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah, so grade 12 party. <laughs> Josh is fucking... Um, <laughs> sorry, a group chat's lighting up with debating who should run for office. Oh. Who has the most presentable face. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. Okay, yeah. um, <laughs> so high school party. Uh, I drove, so I didn't drink, yep. right? Um. We were also underage. Underage. We yeah. were underage, So, yeah. like, it was kind of a weird... That was the weird thing about certain high school parties was, like, <laughs> not everyone was drinking because not everyone could acquire booze. No. So, some it would be... Chip some parties. Were, <laughs> some were pop... Some were a hybrid. <laughs> a lot of them were hybrid. Some of them would be, like, all right, Josh has four beers. Yeah. So-and-so somehow got a Mickey of Sourpuss. <laughs> Someone stole their dad's, like... Lambs, navy rum bring it all yeah together. <laughs> or like so then this person can drink because yeah. they don't want to share yeah anyways <laughs> so josh was drinking at said high school party yeah and then i god i remember whose house it was and stuff it was fucking funny but anyway so we're we're like all right i, I drove you so i had to fucking get you home yeah. you were super shit-faced oh yeah and then <laughs> i just remember we're driving down 87th and you're like, just like super shit face and kind of feeling sick. Yeah. And you decide to roll down the window and lean your head out and your head's like on the edge of the window. Yeah. And I have the specific memory of A, being super mad and then looking <laughs> in my side view mirror and all I could see was your face like on the edge of the window, just like this. Just loving And your, your mouth was like just barely over the edge. <laughs> you're just laying there and then I, as i look in the mirror you're just like all over the all over the side of the car just like a shitty dog I'm like this fucking guy and i almost we were took, almost home too almost home That's we were literally part. like we made yeah we were like down the street and we almost made it that was a key part of the story too yeah and then I was so mad. I almost fucking left you there, but I'm like, he has no idea where he is. You like couldn't get your phone out of your pocket. Nice. And then so get you home. I'm like, Josh, you're cleaning this. Oh, I think I came back the next day and yeah. made you wipe it off because yeah. you were obviously too shit faced to clean it that night. Was it? Was it cold enough for it to have frozen? No, no. Because it was. It was in the fall. It was the day we were, before the run for the cure. Yes. And I had uh, to run in the fucking run for the cure the next morning. Oh yeah, that was that story. Yeah. And I walked. The yeah, 1 so it was the fall. It wasn't that cold. That would have been like September. Yeah. And yeah. I walked the 1KM instead of doing anything more than that. Yeah. And I crossed the finish line and just hurled all over the place. <laughs> and people thought I was really out of shape or something. Yeah. Was, or yeah. they're like, oh, man, this guy just crushed the 20K in five minutes or oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Definitely what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
run for the cure the next day because I I think I went early to pick you up to make you wipe off my car. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, let's go for the run for the cure. (laughs) And then, because my mom drove us there. And then we almost got away with it because I was worried I was going to get in trouble for just being around people drinking, I guess. So, um, and I was like, all right, we got away with it. And then Monday morning, lo and behold, who goes into Superstore at the same time? My mom and Josh's mom. And Josh's mom is like, so uh, I heard Josh had a little accident with Thomas's car this weekend. Uh, my mom's like, uh, what? <laughs> so close. I'm like, fuck. So close. So close. And then she just laughed, but I was, I don't know, I was just so worried about like being at parties with alcohol, uh, right? 18, 17 year old Joshy. Oh, he yeah. went, he went pretty hard. Fucking run for the cure. Honestly, not even that hard. It was just like being a 17-year-old drinking. Like, I just didn't know what to do, right? Yeah. Wasn't run for the cure the one where Brendan O'Loughlin, like, cut down a back alley or something? And, he did. I, that's and came out in, like, third place or something? Yeah, yeah he did. I remember that. <laughs> like, came running across with his arm over that. his head. That's so and there are, People are, like, clapping. They're like, oh, what are the young guys, like, came in the top five? Yeah. <laughs> uh well, we were talking about mayors. Oh, yeah. Because our current mayor is stepping down next year. Yeah, lock him up. Lock <laughs> him up. <laughs> um, yeah, so arguing, or well, they said Thomas should go because the beard supersedes experience. Overall, run, we're running for mayors? Yes. Dylan would get it because he's decent looking, and that's all Don Iverson had running for him. So clearly, Dylan is a successor. Easily, yeah. but I don't know. Don Iverson was like had some fair, just with his like fairly liberal ideals. Like he just did well in the like Facebook, Twitter world mm-hmm. of being reshareable, right? So, and and Justin Trudeau kind of gets the same thing where they do very well on social media yeah. for a looks, b kind of their policies from you know well, which way fair social enough. media leans, right? So yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not up to speed with the the whole group chat but yeah oh well, they basically just said either thomas or josh <laughs> no so, i'm too dumb i'm too uh dumb to be a mayor mayor is a weird one it's a like, super weird one like not that we shouldn't have mayors but it's just it's almost like overemphasized and underemphasized at the mm-hmm. same time especially because mayors don't really have political parties but then a mayor kind of most direct out of all politicians probably most directly affects your life in arguably the most ways right mm-hmm. but we also seem to give the least shit about it so i would argue that we should like like you just said we should flip the script and actually care far more about yeah it should be kind of an inverse pyramid where like you care least about your prime minister yeah middle is premier and yeah. then mayor the most yeah. right most definitely and i think that Frankly, I think politics should be almost decentralized to that where it's on that municipal level is mm-hmm. really the main focus. And then it's like your federal should be like the economics of the country and stuff, but no more than that, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you get down to the municipal level, I mean, that's when you can make your laws that actually are relevant to your city where you can, you know, people can like actually go to the 
city hall and be like, no, that's a bad Yeah, law. don't do that, do yeah. that, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Something like that or some sort of re- reimagined kind of politics where you're more directly voting on things. And the USA almost has, they really don't, but they have it slightly more than us where they have like, they're like vote yes on proposition X or vote uh, no yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like a significant, I don't even know the details, but some sort of significant policy change that mm-hmm. people actually get to vote on, which is quite interesting. And I think that makes way more sense where it's like, all right, here's this economic thing, yeah. vote on it. Or if there's some sort of economic thing where you're like, I don't know anything about this, doesn't affect me. Shouldn't I'll vote. Someone else can vote, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have the technology. <sighs> we can rebuild him. <laughs> we have the technology. Well, but yeah. that's what the, the whole fucking voter fraud shit down in the States, too. It's like we have the technology to make a better system or just, just kind of choose not to. Yeah. They choose not to, I guess you should say. Yeah. And is it because like boomers just don't know what's going on or is it because. Well, also, I mean, there's there's very good arguments to not use electronic voting ever. Mm hmm. Yeah. And those arguments are super relevant. And I mean, I think that there's the issue they're coming up with right now is because there's so many different methods of how they're counting votes in the states. Mm-hmm. There's like certain states that are like no super electronic modernized, yeah. some that aren't. No so. electronic voting, some are like only electronic voting, some are like some uh counties are some aren't. It's so weird, man. Like you would think that there'd be some sort of process standardized process for that is the strangest thing about it and then because there's so many micro arguments about it but there's no one really saying like hey why do you have the most disorganized discombobulated voting system fucking ever yeah right and then they also have like your id requirements by state change change drastically Mm -hmm. like it it's just it literally makes no sense and it it's it does have to do with them being a confederal system where states have more legislative authority over that sort of thing or whatever mm-hmm. but like yeah <laughs> i know like, why i don't well, get it I, and i think at the end of the day this whole thing is probably going to go all the way to the supreme court because there's just so many moving parts that they need some sort of like authority to actually come down review with. yeah because yeah. there's there's recounts going on in like four or five different states right now yeah, there's yeah it's so weird man I also, you know, what's interesting is technically, I believe it was the 2000 election that it was actually the Supreme Court was involved in that one. And they actually essentially decided Bush was uh, president or whatever in that one. Yeah. Guess who was on his team? Uh, Who? Kavanaugh. Oh, really? And the most recent justice, uh, Comey Barrett. Very interesting. Those were Bush's lawyers? Yeah. Oh, intriguing. They were part of his legal team to get the recounts and all of that. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, no official authority has actually declared a winner. It's just media media. that's called it, correct? Just media sources. Which is also a weird American problem that why why does media have the ability slash authority slash public allowance to call an election i think it's kind of a weird thing this is the last year they're going to be able to do that oh big time i think that they've kind of shot their shot 
so much <laughs> that in four more years, nobody's going to even turn to them. Because, I mean, frankly, people were watching alternative sources more than they were watching mm-hmm. CNN. Mm-hmm. Fox News had called, like, Arizona, like, at the beginning of the night, and it still hasn't even been called, really. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. So, hmm. and it's because of that culture of we have to be the first to break a story. Be a breaking news. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird, just such a weird construction that the news has been. And that every channel is now 24-7. It's mm-hmm. like, there's not, at 3 a.m., there's not breaking news, right? <laughs> like, f- holy fuck. No. <laughs> like, like why does, it's it's because they took, like, the 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. news or whatever, and now, which would have breaking stories and interesting things, and now they've stretched that model to every hour to encapsulate a day. Yep. So there needs to be, like, constant breaking news every hour of every day. And it gives, I don't know, man, it gives me fucking anxiety to even think about, like, watching the news. I yeah, do not I can't, do it. I, I do could, not do it. Like, living in a, I truly don't, I don't sit and watch news. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely read news because it gets to you on social media anyways. Mm-hmm. But to sit and watch, like, watch the news must just, like, it, it's got to be unhealthy. Like, for your, physically, you would be in such a state of anxiety mm-hmm. constantly, to constantly be watching the news. Like... You know, whatever news channel you choose to watch, if you watched it from like 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., like that's got to take like seven to 10 years off your life, right? Like, holy fuck. I remember just like even let's talk about like September 11th. Like I remember just the news always being on. And this was when I was like in fucking grade three. And I just thought that there were everywhere I was going to go, I was going to get killed by a terrorist, frankly. (laughs) right but seriously like that's what they do is they create these completely false worlds Mm -hmm. that people live in of like i'm gonna walk down the street i'm gonna get shot yeah uh that's actually that's an interesting point because there's like people even you kind of see jokes about it in like i mean the classic joke would be like kind of let's say profiling someone of Eastern Middle Eastern descent in an sure. airport, yeah. right? Which you see jokes about that in like Family Guy and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up, there was kind of a narrative of like, oh, we've painted Middle Eastern people in such a negative light. But it was definitely true. Like you just said, you were definitely, you were overly afraid of being victim of a terror attack, yeah. right? And it kind of morphed into like a prejudice towards certain cultures and stuff, for sure, yep. right? But like, why would that was an argument? That was more when the, media was more right-leaning and that was a left-leaning argument of like oh well, the media is racist but now that the tables have turned and the media is more left and you're like oh you're creating narratives that are invoking fear it's like no we're not yeah trust the experts exactly. <laughs> right so yeah well like everybody's gonna die of it's a virus and everybody's racist pretty much yeah. so it's such a dog input you know part of me because there's a lot of people talking about like oh, there's going to be all these drastic changes, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And perhaps there would be just because, I mean... Drastic changes in what regard? Uh, society, media, okay. for better or for worse. Yeah. Whether this is, you know, will this be the tech oligarch overlords controlling our life? Is okay. that what it's going to become? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be nothing? Or is it going to be fucking bread lines and stuff, right? Like, 
you know, people who either, yeah, where I'm going with this is I was rewatching some old South Park the other day and I watched the episode is called a little bit country and it's season seven and it's actually their 100th episode. And it's from like 2003. Mm-hmm. And the point of the episode is like, cause, um, it's something to do with the Iraq war. And then half the town is, uh, kind of more, well, redneck. They sing country music. Yeah. They're like, if you don't like America, you can get out. It's yep. one of their lines yeah. they use in the yeah, show yeah. all the time. And then the uh, the other side is more like hippie rock and roll. And they're like, oh, we don't want the war, right? And then they divide their town in half. Or they're all fighting. Then they divide the town in half. And then they're like, okay, but uh, the post office is on that side of town. And the doctor's office is on this side of town. <laughs> so I guess you guys can come over there and do this and this. Sure. And then the end message is like, oh, I guess we kind of need each other to be 50% this and 50% that <laughs> and just kind of coexist. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you have the right answer and sometimes you have the right answer and stuff, right? And then they all start singing together and all the and then the kids are like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> but the, the point remains because that was 17 years ago, but yeah, it almost made me think, in a, minus technology, nothing really has changed, right? No. Um, so... It almost, there's a lot of like, some people <laughs> fear slash joke slash seriously fear this is going to be like the rising of Facebook being the government and people not being allowed out of, out of your homes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I kind of think it'll be more the other way where, and that's kind of the charade of politics of nothing will really change. Right? Pretty much. It'll, it'll, in, for, in, 17 years from now i'm i actually think minus barring new technological changes i actually don't think we'll have like huge political reform in america mm-hmm. or north america for that matter but america's kind of the big, right like it'll probably still be a two-party system it'll probably still be the same thing it'll probably be the new world ending issue every four years right like i i think every generation believed they were on the brink of something but then it was fine, right? Generally, yeah. World War One, Great Two. Depression, yeah. World War Two, Spanish flu, Spanish flu was in there. In order, uh, what else? Um, Korean War, Vietnam War, Universal Suffrage, yeah. <laughs> uh, civil rights movement, hippie Cold movement, War. Cold, Cold War, War. Yeah. Uh, War on terror, yeah. War on drugs, yeah. Um, financial crisis. Uh, uh, COVID nineteen. It's the fucking end of the world, and as we know it, and I feel fine, bro. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. I right? fucking love so. that song. Also, did you know that every single thing that he mentions in that song is in chronological order? It's fucking insane. He is goes that bare naked ladies. No, it's um, shit. Now you're question. Now you're questioning my musical knowledge. Uh, I think it's REM actually. Right. That's exactly who it is. I believe. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's there's this book that I've been reading um, called the Bible, and uh, in it there's uh, there's in in the book of Ecclesiastes there's a uh, excerpt that says nothing is new under the sun. There you go. Damn. Yeah. But I mean, if you watch any like, let's talk about Mad Men for a second because that's a great commentary. Have you seen that show? No. 
I highly, highly recommend that show. But essentially, it's a commentary on like all the different things, all the changings that went on from like essentially the 60s to the late 70s in the States and how like women were coming into the workplace, uh, racism, blah, 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 hippie movement, all of that shit. Pause for one second. Is Rebecca going to come home? At seven. Oh, okay. We're I good. thought I, I thought I saw her car. Yeah. Never no, mind. we good. Um, but essentially that whole commentary and people have always been like, the the end is nigh. It's all going to end. Yeah. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, this is the thing that breaks the camel's back. We're done. And Madman makes that commentary? Pretty much. Like, huh. if you if you go through it, there's the commentaries on multiple different changes that happened from the 60s to the mid-70s. And um, When does that show take place? That's where it's set. Like, like 60s, 70s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, they land on, like, the uh, lunar landing, the okay. yep, yep, JFK... Yep. There's commentary on all of that. So, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Highly recommend. But yeah, like that's the same <laughs> thing. People have been dealing with these questions for the last 100 years, you know? And just because now that we're in our late 20s and we have the mental capacity to think about them, we're thinking about them too. Because mm-hmm. our parents during September 11th or whatever, we're thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. They were like, that's it. It's over. Pretty right? much, like, dude. We're going to be in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Like, I'm sure people who were like, there were probably people who like opposed the steam engine and were like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, uh, this will be it. This is what does it in. And yeah, you see where I'm going with this. We're like, every generation is like, this is, this is it, man. Yep. But it's like, yeah. Probably not. And I almost think there's almost like a, there's actually a great quote about this. And it, the the quote paraphrasing is, and Neil deGrasse Tyson puts this in one of his books to like illustrate a point where it's like the, the book is written, uh, or sorry, the quote goes, uh, we are now coming to an age where we have discovered all that is discoverable. There's very few new findings in science. We know almost all there is to know about the world. And the quote's from like 1913. Yeah. And the point he's making is like, we never know everything about science, right? No. And we never know everything about the world. And there's almost like what I would call like in every living generation right now, because all we know is the present moment. So it's perfectly natural, but everyone, uh, there's almost like an ethnocentrism to each generation right now to that point of like, this is it of like, Mm -hmm. we are the greatest that there ever will be kind of thing. And there's nothing that can be beyond this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like a, almost a negative of living in the now, if you will, or not negative of living in now. How do I put that? Yeah. Like you're you're restricted to viewing things of right now or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to find a way to put it too, but exactly what you're saying is kind of like you only know right now, you don't know two years down the road, but that's kind of what causes the anxiety too, is because you don't know what's going to happen. So it's, I don't know, man, it's kind of, it's the challenge of 
like you said, being well, as being a human being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and realizing like things change. Yeah. Change is the constant of the world. And we don't like change generally. Like most people don't. Like most people don't like things that are unfamiliar. It's it takes a lot for them to kind of get into that. But groove. to that counterpoint or to add to that or kind of a counterpoint um people adjust to new stimulus eventually too sure and like what's well, so, the boiled frog syndrome that's exactly it and then but you know i kind of with covid i figured that would happen eventually where they're like you know in well march april like everyone had a pretty good freak out uh, we had no idea what was going on right um you shaved your beard <laughs> for example <laughs> right like we all really had no idea what was going on. If you, like, left the house for too long, you, like, felt weird, right? Like, it felt kind of, like, dirty or, like, unnatural to me for, for a period of time there. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, and then especially peak of summer, like, we can go out. People kind of got used to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of knew from the start, I'm like, we, we will eventually adjust to this stimulus, right? And mm-hmm. work our lives around it. And that's kind of what we're seeing now, right? And obviously, summer, it was borderline back to normal because with sunlight being outdoors you could probably get away with a bunch of stuff yada yada yeah but now i mean obviously we're on like lockdown eve basically but uh yeah that's my feeling too but um even so people kind of adjust to it and then this time around i think it'll be different and then hopefully but i i but also in the bad ways of like will people take it seriously in that okay, we've shut all businesses, but then people are just going to be like, fuck this and hang out in their home, which is what they're trying to prevent, right? Like, I Well, don't... frankly, that's what's happening anyway. And that's yeah, where oh, absolutely. these transmissions are happening. Like it's not in gyms or no. in restaurants. Or it's not in gyms, not in restaurants. No. It's not really in the workplace. No. Um, or if it is, like it's in um, like close quarters workplaces, more like... Um, like hands-on work, let's mm-hmm. call it. Whether that's trades, labor jobs, etc. Right, but that's also unfortunately there's kind of like this thing has brought with it such a strange like intellectual elitism, where like <laughs> there's kind of like the people who don't vehemently believe this are dumb, is kind of the overall culture, right? Yeah, and then um, unfortunately, like it's a very privileged thing to be very pro lockdown because you can work from home because you're basically a relatively highly educated white collar person yep. if you can do that like because and then there's almost like like people have such a poor ability to get all their own heads because they're sitting at home working on zoom doing their like i don't know finance job or whatever the fuck and then they're like why can't uh, everyone work from home? And it's like, mm-hmm. do you know anyone who fucking works with their hands? Right? Like, yeah, a lot of people don't have that option. A lot of our economy doesn't have that option. No. Right. So do you, do you see like it's, it is kind of a, it's a very like ivory tower position to mm-hmm. be so easily like, yep. Lock it all down. Right. Like you have to understand there's more nuance to it. There, I don't know. Unfortunately we're in a weird world where you can't say, I see your base point, but I have a follow-up question, right? Like, it's like, you're either no, with me don't. or you're against me, you know? Yeah, I, I feel you 100%. And that's, you're also an idiot if you question, like, any of what's going on, too. Yes. And frankly, like, 
I don't know. You you call me an idiot, man. Like just people that refuse to ask questions and believe everything that they're told, they irk me to no end. <laughs> to absolutely no end. Where it's yeah. just like they said said this yesterday and now they're saying this today, but those are two contradictory points. But you believe what they said yesterday and you're going to believe what they say today. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, and I, I'm with you on, on the lockdown thing too because it's just like there's so much other consideration that needs to be made that's not being made. Where it's like we have to save everybody. Nobody can die. And I'm like, we need to come to this realization, man. No matter how hard we try, people die in life. <laughs> it's just how it goes, it's, man. I know. It's it, the yeah. fact of life, people die. Yeah. You know, credit to, and then, oh, this actually, our audience is probably at least moderately <laughs> not super liberal. Yeah. Like, the one thing Jason Kenney has said that has, I'm like, good is that he's like this isn't about having zero cases or zero deaths right which is a good message to be getting across and hinshaw has actually been pretty fairly down the middle as Mm -hmm. well especially because the ahs is kind of a more liberal leaning organization and she could she could do uh she's in a very good position because she's pretty publicly well liked to do like snarky comments toward jason kenny but she hasn't no she's 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 actually pretty good at being a bipartisan person who should be down the middle so i don't know she's actually a very good like i don't know we're fortunate to have her in her position i suppose she because it could very easily become a like it's there's a thing where like people in liberal media make these snarky comments at conservatives right Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of the like like the overall theme is like right-leaning people are dumb rednecks and uh, left-leaning people are these highly educated, uh, peering down their nose kind of waspy people, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. She could have. She has a lot of opportunity to play in that dynamic, but doesn't. But anyways, yeah. Excuse me. Um, I do love the dichot or the dichotomy. Pol- yeah, dichotomy. I think that's the right word. I believe that's where it's like the the educated liberal and the dumbass conservative. And it's like everybody that went to university for four years or more understands that's not what actual education <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But because you have your master's degree in literary studies, you can tell me mm-hmm. everything that there is to know about virology or... Well, and then there, there's kind of like... three. You can actually... It's literally a thing well, all over the continent of, uh, like, uh, urban centers are liberal and more rural centers are conservative, mm-hmm. vaguely speaking, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it kind of has to do with where the educated vote is, aka, like, and I, by that I mean university educated, as because the institutions are more liberal-leaning. Yep. But there's kind of this, like, elitism that comes with it. Oh, definitely. Right? Like, yeah. I remember being at U of A my first year, um, and there was such a like snobbiness towards Nate students. And I'm like, bitch, 
they're the ones actually making money in this story, <laughs> right? Like you're paying, you know, like t- how much is tuition? Like 15,000 a year or yeah, whatever yeah. to be here. Yeah. And then that they're... guy's going to be making 80 K next year. When yeah. He gets out bro. of his two year program. Exactly. Like what? And then they, but they like look so lowly at them. It, it's, yeah. it was actually comical. Like it's, I don't know. It, it's a weird world. <laughs> Perhaps the people in the rural centers are smarter just because they're closer to what's natural. Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps. Like a kind of a what is real, right? They don't have, or well, I mean, that's they that's, don't have as much like, well, l- like just in a city liberalism, like you can't have like a office creative job when you live in the country. You need to work, you need to produce, right? So, sure. And these are obviously two like diametric opposites, right? But it illustrates yeah. a point like, Though, but it goes in, beyond that. Though, like, is it natural to sit in front of a computer for eight hours a day, and you know, drink three fucking soy lattes, and and then go to a not slam see, poetry reading, yeah, and or whatever not see the later. fucking sunlight? Yeah, that's not natural. True. True, true, it's true. far more natural for me to be, you know, fucking milking the cow, <laughs> and cutting down trees and doing that sort of shit. Like that's what humans are. Well, that's as what an we animal. did you know being able to sit in front of a computer at a job has been around for like 30 40 years if that Mm -hmm. excuse me versus the hunter gatherer society has been around for well thousands or whatever right yeah like it it, i kind of see where you're going i'm trying to think of how to articulate this like you're almost one could argue well i mean obviously a farmer is closer to nature than like a high-rise office Mm -hmm. person right Mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of the overall theme or the simplest way we can kind of put it i've definitely put a lot of thought into it lately man and i'm gonna fucking buy a couple hundred acres and i'm gonna start a cult nice that's the plan i I like it because honestly what else would you really want though like take a group of friends go fucking start a commune somewhere or you actually help each other out and there you go. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh, have you ever seen the thing about the guy, I think it's in Russia, who's like kind of the second... Com- he says he's Jesus or something like okay. that. And he yeah. has like a couple thousand people who live there. Okay. And it's... It was a great... Back when Vice made good documentaries, because they, they weren't like a news site or whatever the fuck yeah. they are now. They'd make like one-hour YouTube documentaries that were like phenomenal. <laughs> Back but, when Gavin McInnes was involved. Yeah, that's the fucking craziest part is he used to be part of Vice. But um crazy. Yeah. So uh one of them was they go to Russia and there's this like cult that's like kind of a Christian related like they're Christian based, yep. if you will. Mm-hmm. And the guy says he's the Messiah or whatever, and he does look like Jesus kind of thing. And then he has a few thousand people living there and they're like Yeah, it's just interesting. I wish I could remember the name. Yeah. Honestly, if you go like to Vice's YouTube and go like date added oldest or something like that, you'll yeah, probably find them. Shit. There's some good ones. Yeah. There's ones about like a bunch of like like amazing like actually great journalism is what it is because they reported on like certain African warlords and stuff. Yeah. There's this one African warlord who like would fight his battles naked or something like that. <laughs> but like they would like go in there and like meet them, interview the guys, and like insanely dangerous journalism too. Mm-hmm. Again, 
when journalists were journalists, right? <laughs> right. Um, there was one in the ancient world of 2013. Yeah, there was one where they did. Um, it was like the African cowboys or something. Essentially, what these guys would do is they would buy heavy equipment and then they would like move it around Africa to like countries that needed it that couldn't get it. And they would make like so much money doing it. It was insane. They would buy used equipment from like the UN, like bulldozers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and then they would move it to these countries where they didn't have that stuff to construction companies and all of that. And it was like, they made a ton of money. Interesting. And the guy was like, man, Africa is like the final frontier for all of this stuff. And I was like, fuck, man, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Wow. And they just followed them for whatever their journey and they had like breakdowns and all this different shit. And it was, yeah, it was, it was dope. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. There are a bunch of really good ones. But they interviewed like, like Martin Shkreli back okay. in the day. Um, About what? This was as he, I think just as he got arrested or whatever, mm-hmm. like this was, I think that's after they had changed their, like, but they've been on a downward trajectory there was still good stuff they were doing in like 2017 and stuff, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, they've been, they're now like nothing. Well, now they're just like another, they're like, they're almost like another eye rolling liberal news outlet where it's just like, they just kind of <laughs> report the same news. But Young with, <laughs> Turks. <laughs> well, and then they're more on the page with like, even like Vox or something right oh. now, which is just like, ugh. <laughs> and then like, but to a point where it's like, I just saw this article seven other times on seven other news websites, like do something original. Right. So that's my issue though, with the news is that there's so much copy and paste. Well, not just that, but there's hidden agenda. There's obvious non, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there's obvious bias. Mm -hmm. It's probably the easiest way to put it because of who's writing it. It's like, we just need a service where there's, Tell me the fucking facts. Mm. Don't put any spin on it. I don't want opinion pieces. Just tell me what happened. Yeah. And frankly, it's just like way too much of people saying what happened and then giving their take on what happened. And it's like, I can go without that second half. Just tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. And then, again, to contradict my last point, are we getting to a world where people are, like, annoyed enough with traditional media, the wokeness, et cetera, et cetera, that something actually changes? Or is it just going to rearrange and do the same, right? I think just people need to fucking vote with their dollars and stop watching the shit that they, like... That you don't like. Exactly. Well, whatever. Not even that you don't like. That is obvious. It's not, like... It's entertainment. It's not news. Like, it's not telling you things. It's this source of entertainment that you can now say that you're informed and you wasted three hours of your fucking night watching. Mm -hmm. If people, I don't know, man. I'm just so detached from it, though. Like, I personally don't. Mm -hmm. I don't watch television. I don't have fucking cable. I don't. If I'm going to watch it for those who maybe don't believe uh, above Josh's fireplace here, there is a random monitor with a cable that goes to nothing. So there you go. (laughs) That's how I want to live. If I'm going to fucking get a movie, I'm going to download the movie Mm -hmm. and watch the movie. I'm not going to fucking pay 
fifty dollars in cable a month for a hundred channels, I'm yeah, never going to use exactly. Yeah. I don't know, but there's there's such a like the it's a Scott Adams ism of two movies on the same screen. Mm-hmm. Like there, I really believe there are kind of two different realities existing at once, mm-hmm. and I think perhaps we will get further into that where we have like the mainstream PC culture cancel everyone da 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 yeah and then more the like absolutism free speech reality if you will and then there'll be like two parallel universes that don't cross paths at all which is actually bad because there should be some cross communication in a reasonable middle but I don't know it'll be a it'll be a weird world where we like I really believe there's gonna be like two streams of existence you already have that though with like social and you, media. You basically do. Yeah. Yeah. Because the stuff that I see on my social media, guarantee uh, Susie who went to eight year sociology school. Might not, right? Does not. Well, and then there's almost the argument that was coming up was like, how much does AI control us already without AI being cognizant perhaps mm-hmm. of what it's doing? It just says like AI could be a, arguably responsible for creating echo chambers because they're like oh you like this i'm gonna show you more of this yeah so that simple algorithm kind of controls people's perceptions right you obviously have to come in with your let's say initial interest or perception and then it just begets itself more yeah but yeah it's just an interesting thought experiment of how much does ai already heavily influence our lives more than we perhaps realize. And yeah. it may not be malicious. It may just be like show people more of what they like. And then that has long lasting consequences. Yeah. I don't know. I hazard to use the term AI these days just because I think it's again, <laughs> sensationalized. Like I think mm-hmm. it's like, frankly, all that is, is the Amazon people who viewed this item also liked this item or bought this item. Like that's all it is, frankly. Right, so your YouTube using the word intelligence might be generous. Is that kind of what you're saying? Very generous. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that's well. Like I said, the the base line is if they like X, show them more of X. Exactly. Kind of thing, right. That's frankly what the algorithm is. Right. So, I mean, if I watch this video and Thomas also watched this video and then he went on to watch this video, like that just you know builds a precedent and then I go down the rabbit hole too. Mm-hmm. So I see what you're saying. I, I, I think it's a relevant point. It's just, I don't know. I hazard to use the term artificial intelligence. Interesting. Yeah. So you don't, cause someone like Elon Musk who is worried about how far AI is going. Yeah. Dude, it's all. What a fucking, say you? <laughs> I am. I think it's super overhyped and I think it's a fucking regression algorithm. When we get down to what it actually is... What's a regression algorithm for the folks at home? You're trying to create a line of best fit Mm. for a statistical set. And all you have to do to get that line of best fit is take out the outliers. But as soon as you take out the outliers, you take out what life is. And in that, you try to make assumptions... And those assumptions on the average are correct. But then when shit hits those outliers and you have, you know, a COVID-19 outbreak or a 
hurricane that wasn't predicted or a person who's just not of the norm. Wayne Gretzky. Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, whatever. It breaks and it just doesn't work Hmm. and it doesn't apply anymore. And there's really no way to make that line of best fit see those outlying points. Hmm. So really, I mean, I guess, because AI is just trying to make data analysis quicker and more efficient. All it is, is, man, is like statistics, whatever. Uh, Well, there's some who argue at the end of the day, it's still just ones and zeros. So It is. All it is. And I mean, I've studied this stuff a lot just because it hyper fascinates me. And there's great use cases for it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think that there's so many good use cases for it. But when it comes to like making a final decision on something, you always have to like use the human side of things too. Because I can tell you right now, governments are using the most up-to-date and groundbreaking, we'll call it, artificial intelligence. And the decisions that they're making are still dripping in bias. And there's really like... For example, if I t- if I sh- show you this model and I say this is what the model says, you still have v- a ton of people that are not going to do what that model says and mm. go in the absolute opposite direction too. It's again, it's a marketing ploy, right? Like it's a marketing word and it gets a lot of buzz because oh, like this is th- this thing that's going to be smarter than me, but we apply our science fiction fantasies we to do. it a little bit. Well, and every I, I think you've said it before too, is like we have that, it's called the Cassandra complex or whatever. And the Cassandra complex is essentially like, I want to see the end of the world type of thing. And I'm going oh, to- Oh, is that what that is? Pretty much. It's thing? like, it's this. Who's Cassandra? Again, good question. I, <laughs> I, I just know the term. And it's essentially like, it's- fetishizing the end of the world, the, mm. the like the end of all times. And, you know, that's where you get the doomers and the fucking black pillars and all of that because it's like, oh man, like, what is life? Mm-hmm. It all, it all ends, man. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's, I, mean, I don't know, man. That's, it's a roundabout way to say there's a lot of hype around it and mm. people want to fetishize their ultimate demise, I think. Yes. There's almost like, again, there's an egocentrism. That would be a better word. I used ethnocentrism earlier. That's not really correct. Egocentrism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, w- where I am so special, mm-hmm. even if I'm a normalish person, mm-hmm. the world must end in my time because oh, yeah. this is my special story. Yeah. Right. So I was actually thinking, where are we at for time? Good question. I can't see that far. 50 some odd minutes. Okay. We're doing good. So what I've been kind of thinking about is like, because there's a good Crystalia bit where he's like, this isn't your story. You think you're the man yeah. on fire, which is where he gets the line for that special title. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of like making fun of people of like, get over yourselves. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of his kind of pessimistic view of the world or annoyed with people. Yeah. Of like, get over yourselves. This isn't your movie. But I, but it's, that's true. But the, Opposite is also true, which, because Joe Rogan's like, pretend your life is a movie is his line, right? Mm. And it's almost like, 
your story in your life is all you will ever know. So perhaps this all is just for me. Maybe you are just simply part of the simulation here. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. presidential uh, election is just for me. Mm -hmm. There's no way for me to definitively know it's not. All I know is my perception. Well, frankly, I mean, that that's a very astute and good way of putting it because your perception of that event mm-hmm. is not my perception of that event. I know obviously it's probably pretty close because of our growing ups and our friends and mm-hmm. all of that, but still like our perception is different. And then that person's perception is com- probably completely different. So it's at the end of the day, like it's just your universe. Mm-hmm. We've said it before. Y O U universe. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, everybody else is just a passing moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you think of it that way, though, and you realize that you're just a passing moment in somebody else's universe, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it starts to open up a lot of perspective because then it's like, do I make their moment with me better or worse and a lot of people go down the worst path and it's a lot easier to just you know like make that person's life better for that two minutes you're in it Hmm. yeah i often you know excuse me maybe this is something made me this way that i have a okay-ish perspective of trying to think of other people's perspective mm-hmm. like i almost you know i i can think of like random like we went to spain when i was like 12 years old or so like grade sure. five or six yeah. and i like i can remember specific people we randomly met on that trip like it was like the friends we went with some of their relatives i there's one waiter i can specifically remember at this one restaurant he just made an impression for whatever reason yeah and i sometimes wonder like what's that guy doing? (laughs) Right. Or like, what's their life like? Like, what do they, do they think similar things Mm -hmm. through their day? And I was thinking this when I was like kind of a kid, right? Like I was like, huh, do they like do this, this, and this? Like it was, I don't know. It's, but maybe we should just strive to be that waiter. Yeah, maybe I think, but more of the point I'm trying to make is that like, There's just so many people in the world Mm -hmm. and they've had their ups and downs and goals and aspirations and stuff. And yeah, it's just interesting to think about, but then it's also, again, I have no way of knowing if that's a real conscious person or if they're part of the simulation, probably the latter, but, but I mean, if this is all a simulation, then fuck man, like. Let's go fly. Yeah, like, like what? <laughs> exactly. Go uh, be like Morpheus when he teaches uh, Neo to jump across the roofs or whatever, right? 100%. Like, yeah. I I kind of think about that sometimes when it's like, especially in like the business world, like trying to learn like, okay, if you do this, this, and this, it'll make people click on your ad, which gets them to a landing page. And if it's written this way, they'll fill it out and buy something and da-da-da. I'm like... Mm-hmm is this just hacking this like simulation? Like what, (laughs) you know what I mean? Hmm. Especially the marketing world. That's what I think about. Is this just kind of somehow hacking what is? Hmm. At the end of the day, it's all pointless. Yeah. 
That's exactly it, right? So, mm-hmm. so just give up. The bread lines will be here soon. <laughs> Nothing matters. Get your two grand a month or whatever and shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Just call it. Yeah, that's an episode. We're getting some weird exploratory thoughts that I haven't fully articulated, so they just make no sense. Nice. So Let's we'll, go do uh, mushrooms. We'll call it an episode for this week. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs>